The following program is a presentation of the Radio Talking Book Service in Omaha, Nebraska. RTBS programming is intended solely for individuals who cannot read conventional print due to a disability. Ineligible listeners risk infringing on copyright law, and RTBS is not responsible for any violations that may occur. It's time now for this week's episode of Tech It Out, a program poised on the cutting edge of technology. Outlook Enrichment is pleased to sponsor this edition of Tech It Out here on Radio Talking Book. For more information about Outlook Enrichment, please call 531-365-5051 or visit www.outlooken.org. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Tech It Out, the August edition. I'm Mickey Salzman, one of the adaptive tech trainers for Outlook Enrichment. And we have a very interesting topic today. I actually have two guests with me, uh, both of which are familiar to you, I'm sure. Uh, first of all, we have Paula Monte, who is the executive director for Outlook Enrichment. Paulette, I, this is very interesting because I had no idea this was one of your interests with what we're going to talk about today. Paulette, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Vicki. Also, another familiar voice that you definitely are going to know because of his expertise with this particular topic, Ryan Ozentoski, Program Director for Radio Talking Book, and actually the one that actually makes this podcast sound decent. <laughs> Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Mickey, and I, I can't believe that you're calling me an expert, but I'll take it. Well, you, you know how to edit, you know how to remove, uh, you know, so uh, you do a good job with that. So today's topic, uh, you know, is, is going to be something that I think a lot of you are going to love. I know I love it. We're going to be talking about old-time radio. Now, you know, old-time radio, not only what we listen to, what we enjoy, but how we listen to it, obviously, is going to be a lot different. So, folks, again, welcome to this topic, and um, what's a good way to get us started today? Well, Mick, uh, what, what I'll do first, if you're if you're okay with it, is a lot of people hear old-time radio, and we who are collectors, uh, we tend to just automatically assume what we're talking about, but some may be confused by the term. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I will tell you that there are current debates. The, the old-time radio community, and it is a community just like any hobby community, there are differing views on what should constitute old-time radio. Generally, wow. what we're talking about when we refer to it and what I play on our Dusty Attic program and we run on Radio Talking Book are programs that air between I, – I, I said it's kind of arbitrary, but it seems like it's the most efficient um, time frame. Basically, radio programs that air between 1930 and 1962. Ah. Those dates I, be- I think that's a really great description. I would not have thought things as far up to 1962 would be considered in that range. Well, the, the reason that I pick 1962, and whenever I introduce the, the Dusty Attic, I say 1950-odd something, but really, we tend to see the golden age of radio as the period when radio entertainment was a dominant form of entertainment for Americans. This was before the introduction of television, and even after it was invented, it didn't become mainstream until really the late 1950s. Um, 
And so, and of course, movies were considered to be more of a special occasion kind of thing. People didn't go every day. They might go once a week or once a month. But radio was that thing in their homes that they turned to every day and every night to pass the time. Um, and of course, since that was the, the one of the dominant forms of not only entertainment, but news and information and sports in America, that's what people use to gather information. Um, so that's why I, I point out that that's what we consider old time radio. And the reason I point out 1962, Paulette, is because that is when the last two dramatic radio programs went off the air. And that was Suspense and Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. They went off wow. the air. Same night, it was September 30th of 1962. And at that point, we consider golden age of the golden age of radio to be dead. Now, others will argue that it, it continued into the 70s with the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Mm-hmm. Some argue that old-time radio could be construed in the 80s with, like, Casey Kasem and, and, and so on. But that's generally what we're talking about. So let's, for a minute, talk about how we got interested in old-time radio. So I remember, you know, growing up and on Iowa Public Radio, they used to have in the evening, certain nights of the week, old-time radio, and they'd play things like The Shadow and different things like that. I remember sitting on my parents' king-size bed, huddled around the radio in my dad's room, and listening to old time radio programs. And, uh, you know, it's, but even then, you know, TV was still, as Ryan was mentioning, it was available, but it's just the excitement that the actors themselves emit in old time radio was what really kind of drew me to it. Well, for me, Paulette, I was first introduced to it by my grandparents. Uh, in the 1980s, they gave me a couple of gift cassettes. One Easter, I got an Easter basket. And in along with the chocolate-covered bunny and the uh, the caramel eggs, I think I got, were uh, a cassette of The Shadow, one of The Green Hornet, and one of Faber McGee and Molly. And I was just hooked. I was – I mean, I, I couldn't believe that that stuff was actually on the radio. And it just – I went crazy after that. Of course, uh, the – the hobby really mushroomed in the 1970s when collectors would uh, record it on reel-to-reel tape. And then in the 80s is when a lot of commercial companies started selling cassettes of radio shows. And that's where my, my grandparents got a couple from a store, I think in Omaha. And um, they gave it to me, and I just – I was hooked. So I've been a, a fan for 35 years. Well, you know, I never grew up with TV. So my story kind of is – when I was growing up, my parents, they had a TV when they were first married and then they got rid of it for whatever reason. Why? Um, but I was never exposed to any kind of television. When, when the, you know, growing up, I actually listened to some Christian radio drama. I would listen to stuff from the Moody Bible Institute or, you know, other kinds of things. And, and then I do remember, um, Saturday afternoons, I would actually lay on the bed with dad sometimes and I would, um, listen to, just the comedy stuff, Fred McGee and Molly. And then, of course, you know, like at weeknights, I think it was on KFAB, like at 9 o'clock from 9 to 10, they would have the the win radio was hour, I think, if, if you remember right, Ryan. I think it was. Yep. So that was that was a lot of fun. And, and just, of course, and then, of course, starting to get into the, the digital age. And I just kind of loved the radio drama ever since. I think one of the things to really that's really helped increase the spread is all the different ways that, you can now access 
some of these old time radio dramas and, and things. Uh, one of the things that I, I remember even in like around 2000, I would go on and there's so many different places that will stream these now. And, um, I'd be sitting, um, in the tech lab at work, you know, doing reports and listening to old time radio <laughs> and, and just, you know, the, it's amazing how many different options and things that there are available out there. So Ryan, who are some of your, what were some of your favorite old time radio programs? I mean, you mentioned the shadow and the green heart, and those were two of my favorites too. I always loved listening to the shadow, but what were some of your other ones that really kind of piqued your interest? Well, probably my favorite program of all time is the Yours Truly Johnny Dollar series. That's a private detective mm. show about a, an insurance investigator that goes out and solves crimes. And for a while, they did a daily five-part serial, uh, one per week. And those are just amazing uh, with Bob Bailey as Johnny Dollar. Good noir-style detective stuff. Um, there's a show called The Whistler, which is kind of a crime. Yeah, the Whistler. Yeah. I love The Whistler. It's, yeah. it's known for its twist endings. Um, yeah. Fence is another one that holds up really well. That's the one where it's, it's like a Hitchcockian tales of suspense uh, with movie stars and, and the leading roles like Cary Grant and Betty Davis. Uh, Gunsmoke Radio is radio at its peak. Uh, Jack Benny um uh, probably the best comedian of the 20th century dragnet has good p- police procedural radio. Just um, I could go on and on, but those are some of my favorites. Pretty amazing too. You mentioned that Ryan, I, that meet you suspense, the whistler. Um, yeah. All those that you mentioned are definitely my favorites as well. See, and I, I listened to a lot of that. I liked, like I remember I liked a lot of the, the dramatic, the mystery kinds of things. But I also liked a lot of the science fiction ones. So Flash Gordon, um, Dimension X, um, some of those I also really enjoyed listening to. And, you know, people don't think about it, but even things like the, the, the soap opera Dark Shadows was also a radio program too for a while. And, you know, then that it was also on TV and they're on both. And so that also drew other people in for some of those more dramas. Or you would have, um, was it Campbell Sue, Brian, that used to do a radio program too? Yeah, called the Campbell Playhouse. That lasted for about yeah. a year and a half with Orson Welles. He actually got a sponsor after he did War of the Worlds and scared the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> But spanked by CBS, and he then got rewarded by getting Campbell Soups as a sponsor. So he did that until he went to Hollywood to make Citizen Kane in uh, 1940. One of the one of the things that I is, is talking about Campbell Soup. One of the things that I always find fascinating listening to some of these old time programs is is the commercials too. They are so different, aren't they? Uh, it's oh, crazy, man. You know, where, where, you know, Sears and Roebuck, which, you know, isn't really around anymore. But, yeah. you know, going in and buying a suit for 50 cents in, in different things. So listening to some of the the products that were available are so totally different than what's now. I always get such a kick out of listening to some of the commercials. I do, too. Um, one of my favorite – well – 
favorite is is not the right word, but it's 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 interesting to me historically listening to the cigarette commercials just because yeah, of yeah. where we're at now. Oh with, yeah, that's a great example of how our times have changed over the years. I'll tell you one thing, Paula. You mentioned the soap operas. They were some of the last radio entertainment to go off the air. People don't realize that, but they were, they hung on. A lot of them hung on till the either the very late 50s or early 60s. Pepper Young's family, Ma Perkins, Road of Life, all those shows. They, they got canceled, a lot of them in 1960 and 61. Uh, the big blocks of them suddenly got wiped off the schedule, but they, they were around during the day for decades. So, Ryan, why don't you talk about how you're energizing a new group of people with what you're doing at Radio Talking Book through? Well, a few years ago, um, a guy from uh, maybe some of our listeners are familiar with Mushroom FM, and that's a, a music service out there. It was created by Jonathan Mosen, who's yep. a, kind of big in the tech industry. And a guy that worked for him put out a request for an old time radio subsidiary called mushroom escape. And he just asked, you know, kind of put out a general announcement asking if anyone was interested in doing a show. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not doing anything. So I'd love to. So I created the dusty attic. And of course, then I went to Jane, who was the director at radio talking book at the time. And I just said, can I run this? We're doing old time radio. Anyway, we run the Antioch stuff. And she said, sure. So we started the Dusty Attic back in the summer of 2018, and it's been going about four years now, going strong. And basically, our program, I just run two uh, radio shows per episode. Sometimes I have to cut the commercials, which makes me really sad because we were just talking Mm. about they are. But for time to get two shows in, I have to cut them along to get my commentary in. But um we, a lot of times I pick themes. For instance, this summer, Suspense, which we mentioned before, mm-hmm. it turned 80 years old this year. And it lasted for 20 years on radio. So it, it, the premiere of it, it's 80 years old. And the end of it is 60 years old. So we've been doing what we call Summer of Suspense, where we're just running highlights from that show. Sometimes we'll do comedy months where we'll do nothing but comedies. I did a Western month one one month. Sometimes I'll pick a specific theme like – I did one. One of my favorites was a few years ago. I did old-time radio shows featuring blind characters. And it's wow. just – sometimes it's laughable the way they're written back in the 40s versus now. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of fun, and we have good listener feedback. We got folks like John and Rita Klingman who call in with requests and Warren Bennett. And there's even a gentleman over in Des Moines named Frank Strong. I'll give him a shout-out as well as my friends Shane and Amy and – we get listeners all over the country. I got a friend in New York that listens and a f- couple friends in Denver, Seattle, and they'll okay. all, you know, they, they, they listen. We got a lot of other listeners too that, that, um, old time radio is one of our top things here on Radio Talking Book. So it's a, it's a pleasure for me to get to share my enthusiasm with, uh, with the listeners. Well, we, we talk about getting people interested in old-time radio. Where, you know, if somebody wants to listen to more old-time radio that's not maybe available during the time that your show's airing or they just want to spark some more interest, where would you recommend somebody start looking for different old-time radio programming? Well, there's there's different options, of course. The Internet has been, just like everything, the Internet's been a blessing and a curse uh, to old-time radio. Of course, it's kept it alive, and that's a blessing. You can go to all kinds of different places, and I'll mention some of those here in a few minutes. But um, 
the the curse aspect is that a lot of people assume that because old time radio didn't sound as good, say, as high fidelity stereo music, that they can encode it at a lower bit rate and they find it acceptable to pass around sometimes entire collections on CD or on thumb drives. And they're all encoded at these really low bit rates, uh, MP3. So they're compressed and they sound like junk. Um, <laughs> this is a legitimate controversy in the uh, old time radio community. How should you store your old time radio shows? Should you store them as MP3 when there's some loss of audio quality? Should you store them as wave files, which are huge? You know, a 30-minute old-time radio show at a high-encode wave is about 300 meg per file. Mm-hmm. Should you store it as a FLAC file? Should you store it as a as an AUG file? So these these are these are questions that spawn arguments. <laughs> you know, just like any other, whether it's politics or religion. I mean, it's it's old-time radio. It's just like anything. That being said, Paulette, um, there are some really decent places to go where you can find good quality sounding old time radio because audio quality is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I found is Radio Spirits. Mick, you mentioned when radio was a few minutes ago. And the company that distributed that show and still does, by the way, is Radio Spirits. That was a vendor of old-time radio in the 90s. Uh, Eventually, they got sold to another company, and the original creator of the company left, and it's changed hands a couple of times, but it's still around. So if you go to www.radiospirits.com, you can buy old-time radio on CD. For those that may not want to listen to it on computer or may not want to listen to it on their phone or an MP3 player, they can buy CDs that you can just pop into your CD player and listen to that way. And the, the quality, sound quality is really good. And you can find all the shows from Suspense to Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, George Burns, Gracie Allen, The Lone Ranger, all of those shows. Um, yeah, another, I, I remember having those on t- tape too, you, yep. where you could buy them on tape and now they have them on CD or, or downloadables that exactly. you can find. They, they do. Radio Spirits does have a downloadable component, and that's radioclassics.com. Um, that's in affiliation with their Sirius XM channel that you can listen to. If you get Sirius XM um, service, you can find Radio Classics, and that's that's sponsored by Radio Spirits. And they also have a store online that you can download collections there. And there's also Radio Vault. Dot com, which is also affiliated with Radio Spirits. You can download individual episodes if you prefer, but but you're going to pay for all of those. Um, another paid service is RadioArchives.com, and that's another. It's been around for over 20 years, and they also put out really high quality, um, higher bit rate collections. Everything again from Suspense to The Whistler to Faber McGee and Molly, a lot of the big name shows and some obscure stuff. And their stuff is really good quality. I'd recommend them as well. All of these, by the way, are accessible with screen readers, with um, okay. your net screen readers. I want to I point that out. There are some sites you can go to that you don't have to pay, but you're not going to get as good quality. Again, it's, it's just kind of like you're getting what you pay for. One of them is VintageRadioShows.com. You can either sign up to stream stuff or you can download it, but the the file bit rates are kind of small. And there's also the old time radio researchers, which is very hit and miss. And that address is uh, www.otrr.org. 
And it's just what it sounds like. It's just a group of people that are dedicated to keeping old-time radio alive. They have a Facebook group as well where you can get on and cuss and discuss anything from who your favorite great Gildersleeve actor was to what your favorite era of suspense was. And they have a bunch of downloadable stuff too. But again, uh, it's it's all free, so it's going to be hit and miss as to the quality con- uh, the, the the kind of sound quality you're going to have. And the final one I'll point you to is archive.org, and they have all kinds of stuff. Not only old time radio, but they got music. They have different stuff, so you can you can go there. But that one is a little more tricky with the screen reader. So just be aware of that. So you, Ryan mentioned a number of resources, and some of those are paid. So. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is even you mentioned Sirius XM, you know, and has that, but there's other ways that you can listen to these on the radio too. So Pandora, believe it or not, with everything else under the sun, that's on Pandora. You can also listen to old time radio. Um, but what I have found was if you're looking for old time radio stations on Pandora, it works best if you type in as your key search engine, old time radio dramas, because that will then narrow it out. You won't get as much of like some of the classic rock radio stations and things in there, too. So if you're looking for it, if you have Pandora and you want to look for some of those options on there, Again, look for old-time radio dramas, and a lot of times you'll have, you know, 10, 15 different sites come up, and some may be very specific to, like, a a theme or a genre. Um, Other times, um, you can also, uh, iHeartRadio, same kind of thing. If you type in old-time radio dramas, you may have a number of different listings come up. Um, I think from my uh, my experience, there's a whole lot more options on Pandora than there is on iHeartRadio. Um, some of these stations will only have maybe 10 or 12 episodes and others will have, you know, thousands. So that makes a difference in picking which radio stations you want to listen to also. Um, one of the things that um, I personally, when I'm looking for old-time radio a lot of times, I'm looking for something that's in a, a either a specific program or a specific genre. So as we mentioned earlier, I'm a big geek when it comes to science fiction and and um, like some of the mystery ones. And so sites that allow you to go in and look for some of those key search or genres um, are, are very beneficial. And so one of the ones I like, Ryan mentioned quite a few that allow you to do that. But there's also the old time radio library. And that one also allows you and you just it's just old time radio library. And you can go in and easily find you can search alphabetically by letter or you can do um, keyword searches or you can just look at what the available programmings are and, and access that. It is very user friendly. Um, and I believe it is also um, was very accessible using a screen reader. When I did testing on it, it looked very user friendly from that perspective. So there's there's some other options out there, too, where you might already have this on your phone and you just need to do a different search. You know, Paula, this was news to me, especially the the Pandora one. I had no idea they played old time radio. I will tell you, you jog my memory. I did find old time radio on Apple Music a while back. So if anybody out there listening to Apple Music, if you type in the name of a show 
I found some dragnet and some gun smoke and some crime shows wow. up there. And also there is old time radio available on audible.com for those that have the audible, either the website or the app. If you download books, audio books, you can also find old time radio there. Uh, and I know they're uh, connected to Amazon. I think you can buy old time radio from Amazon too. Yes. Yeah, you can. You can buy it either as CDs on Amazon or you can do it through their downloading um, Amazon Music. And sometimes even on Amazon Music, you can find that stuff for free, too. You just have to you maybe look for it. And I, again, I would use some of the same key keywords, whether you're looking for a specific program or old time radio dramas um, that tends to narrow it down quite a bit. That is very fascinating. Well, I'm just sitting here memorized. Thinking to myself, why does this only have to be a 28-minute podcast, you know? Um, <laughs> so anything else that we want to add before we wrap this up, folks? So so talking about it, because we have a little extra time, you know, who was your favorite old-time radio actor? Mine, I would have to, hands down, because I'm a geek, was Vincent Price. And I loved him in so many different things. You know, he, he could do, you know, kind and sincere, but he could also really get into that nitty gritty, demented, slightly twisted kind of personality too. And that always came off to me in his voice. So who are some of your favorites? Paul, let, let me just ask you, you're talking about Vincent Price. Have you ever heard Three Skeleton Key? Oh, good show. I don't think so. That's a good oh show. God. That's a okay. good show. We, we, I need to I need to hook you up with that because you that is a lot of collectors consider that to be the most intense and scariest old time radio show. It was done on both Escape and Suspense, and I'll just give you the premise without spoiling it. The story involves three guys trapped on a in a lighthouse on a lonely island, and it it gets swarmed over by rats. I mean, so, yeah, it's it's a good show. They're trapped in this lighthouse, and Vincent Price stars in it with two other guys. And they're just they, – they, they don't have any way to fire off distress rockets. They don't have a radio. They're stuck, and the rats are – they got them locked out, and they're swarming all over the, the lighthouse. And it's just just an incredible half hour of, of drama. Uh, I don't think I have ever heard that. No, you'll, you'll love it. They will, yeah. You'll love it. My favorite – if I have to pick one favorite – it has to be William Conrad. Um, William Conrad's an amazing actor. And, of course, people would remember him from that show Cannon from the 70s. He was private detective. He was known for being a rather large guy, but he had an amazing, booming voice. He was mm. the mayor of and Bullwinkle. Uh, he was on Jake and the Fat Man, but he had an incredibly pro- prolific radio career. And he was the original Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke. People think of the television show with James Arness, um, but I much prefer William Conrad in the radio series. He was much more intense, and he was a little angry. He was um, just an amazing actor, and he could do – I mean, he did Shakespeare. I've got an episode of Suspense where he does a monologue of a scary story called The Waxwork. Uh, William Conrad just has – he could be a narrator. He just had an amazing – uh, talent. Uh, as far as female actors, there's an actress named Laureen Tuttle. Uh, she was on Sam Spade. She played Sam Spade's uh, kind of ditzy secretary. She could do all kinds of roles from conniving housewives to 
doting mothers to she was just she was amazing. So those are the two I'd pick. I, I well, think that's awesome because when you look at it, you know, it's the, like <clears> you mentioned, the flexibility of the actors that would draw you to the characters and to that actor as well as to that program. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey, did you have a favorite? Well, in interest of being a little bit different, even though we guys, the characters or the actors you guys mentioned are, are terrific. I got to go with Jack Webb. Jack Webb, not only for his role with Joe Friday on Dragnet, but his, he did some escape episodes that just his personality were kind of funny. You know, I think he did, he did uh, Pat, Novak, Pat Novak. So he was kind of a smart character, but he got himself into trouble. And, you know, I mean, so just his, his range of, of talent, the things that he did was very, very true to, and he was a great actor. I mean, he really made you feel like he was, you know, the emotions were there. So, yeah, I got to go with Jack Webb. So. Well, Ryan, I, I want to thank you for joining us today. This has been such a fun podcast to do. Um, for yeah. those, those of you who are interested, you, t- you can reach out to Ryan. You can reach out to, uh, from Radio Talking Book or to Mickey and I at Outlook Enrichment. We'll see if we can put this into one of our blog posts so it's available if Brian wants to share us some of the sites that he mentioned today. Um, if for any additional information on what's going on at Outlook Enrichment, please feel free to visit our website at www.outlooken.org and look at all the exciting events and things that we have coming up in our community. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was a blast. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Paulette. You can also give us a call at 531-365-5051 if you prefer to contact us that way as well. And with that, I guess it's time to wrap it up. Thank you all so much. We will see you later. You all have a great rest of your day. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Tech It Out, the program that dances on the cutting edge of technology. Brought to you by Outlook Enrichment. More information is available at www.outlooken.org or by calling 531-365-5051. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 47 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.